everybody and welcome to uh it's gonna be hard to do this week because that is a terrifying image of a bad and whoo look at that eyeball popping out of her head so welcome to a hope abandoning tricep annihilating orange cassidy pulp squeezing episode of the brothers of discussion we're gonna talk everything from aw's young guns except for billy rise into the top we were talking about New Day taking a knee. Uh, and Matt, looks like, once again, the return of tag team wrestling. Matt, you know, another week, another week of uh, me getting a Como's pepperoni, jalapeno, and honey pizza. Wow! Ooh. It's delicious. It's spicy. Every week of wrestling is spicy. Matt, I only got this pizza because I had a real rough day at work. Oh, it was man. a Nia Jack stay at work, and Becky went, oh, I just name dropped my lady. So you, now you can search Becky. Becky bought me a nice pizza to make me feel better. That's so, right. Becky Matt, Clink. <laughs> Matt, how's, uh, how's life over there on the prairie? Uh, oh, just because I'm out in the, in Howell. I, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I guess the prairie works. Um. It's doing good. I, I, I posted on uh, on Twitter that I was putting together my uh, my deck canopy, and that's why if I sound oh, a little yeah. tired, that will be it, because it was one of those things that I thought would be like an hour-long project. And let's see, it's 7.46. I finished dinner at like 7, a little after 7. So um, I started working on it at 10, and then I finished at 6, like 45. So that was an all-day project. Um, I'm super stoked, though. It, it looks pretty sweet. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Mike, you'll be coming over hopefully next week. Uh, we've got some friends. I'm looking at Mutual the camera friends. now in case they... You know who I'm talking they... about. If you fuck this up, there's no coming back. You better show up. We coming for you, sucker. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright everybody, now find uh, the rest of the Brothers of Discussion content at brothersofdiscussion.com, bodpodcast.com Find us on Twitter at bodpodcast Find the joint Instagram account Joint, I'll tell you why in a second at brothers underscore of underscore discussion It's joint because we're getting hot No, it's joint because <laughs> we, don't, we don't do drugs <laughs> Um, I don't do no drugs. Drugs for me. Uh, we we do a, a Detroit Red Wings podcast. We hope you'll check out in conjunction yeah. with the Hockey Podcast Network. We got re up for season two. Yeah, we did. Woo! Woo! Season two for the worst hockey yeah. team in the NHL. That's right. Yeah. You got to be really creative and fun to listen to if you get a contract for season two when you're hosting the worst. <laughs> well one of the worst ever anyway uh so you've got the instagram we have the youtube channel we hope you're checking out um that is just the brothers of discussion uh but mike let's jump into some pro wrestling right after actually we're doing shout outs uh on the hockey podcast let's do it here too uh today i am enjoying from aberrant ale uh a wonderful beer 
called uh, Mother of Mayhem came out, I'm pretty sure, on Mother's Day because it's not only Mother of Mayhem, but the acronym uh, spells out mom. Uh, it is oh. a wonderful Dippa, um, which is a double IPA. <laughs> it oh. is so tasty and flowery. Uh, these guys are right down the street from me. If you're in, let's see, Michigan, if you're in the Detroit area, you can make a drive within an hour. It's Aberrant Ale. Absolutely love it. You can see the logo right there. Uh, check it out, everybody. Aberrant Ale. That sounds pretty good. All right. And they're, okay, that's, they're not a sponsor. That's just me enjoying their beer. And uh, they're, fueling, they're fueling the show. The show that might not have too much to talk about. Except some great, some great things. Uh, this was a glass of tequila. It's supposed to be a wine glass, and you're supposed. There's like little lines on there. So you could do like a single pour, a double pour. Yeah. This was a. This was three fingers of tequila. So I Ooh. feel pretty good. Oh, I feel pretty good. Mike, remember so the last bad. time I had three fingers of tequila? <laughs> tequila. 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 How many tequilas have you had? Last time I uh, had. The finger, three fingers of Katila. We are in Las Vegas, and my oh, you dragged yeah, you were my, all over. You dragged yeah. my sorry ass from whatever that mall is at Sammy Hagar's bar. Oh, all the it was way to the Venetian. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was a long walk. <laughs> uh, that's a good story for whenever we start making enough money that people say. We care about the brothers of discussion life. So, yeah. you know uh, you gotta do. You know that was uh, that's one of our first nights to uh, really enjoy white privilege because uh, a cop, you were double over spewing nonsense and vomit, and you just said, "Just leave me on the bench," and a cop saw us and said, "Just move along." Uh, so speaking of white privilege, Matt, SmackDown Friday night, uh, the new day actually was allowed to uh, not have to subject themselves to the usual, you know, New Day, uh, you know, shenanigans. And they actually got to have a moment on WWE programming on Fox, on Fox of all places. Uh, they took a knee, uh, you know, obviously, for the Black Lives Matter moment. Obviously, you know, um, you know, going out to lives we've lost because of, issues with white supremacy and systemic racism. And I thought it was a beautiful moment. But the problem for me, Matt, is that if you watch it on mute, uh, it was the exact same experience as if you had the volume on. Because all of a sudden, uh, Michael Cole uh, had a frog in his throat and had nothing to say. So they didn't acknowledge what New Day was doing. They didn't acknowledge what the movement was about. Uh, both of them were decked out in armbands. Um, you know, name dropping people like Breonna Taylor and WWE, you know, basically showed their true colors by, you know, posting a pathetic, bland corporate statement and not taking this opportunity to, you know, stand with the New Day. They let the New Day go out and do their thing, but it was, you know, to a muted noise. It was, it was pretty... Pretty disheartening. So uh, I you, thought this was an opportunity for them to do something. You might be right. Chances are you're right. There's also a chance that they thought it would be more poetic if they just let the moment happen. And they said, the last thing we need right now is super white Michael Cole to start blabbing about Black Lives Matter. So 
I can see well, I can, if somebody told me that's actually what happened, I would go, <laughs> all right, yeah, that's true. I don't want to hear Michael Cole's stupid face uh, during that moment because it was actually it was a beautiful moment. Um, it's the same thing. Like I, I don't, I don't want commentary in my moments of somebody winning a championship. I just want to see them celebrate. And this was, I mean, this isn't obviously a jubilation. This is a protest in regards to people losing their lives. But, um, is it more poetic? Does it mean more if we don't have, I mean, we all know what's going on. Nobody's missing it. Um, and the fact that the WWE, you know, didn't cut to black, uh, and that, that, you know, no pun intended there, uh, or, or just go to commercial because of that. I'm going to say that at least, you know, that's, that's a step. I, we've always made the argument on our show that did you make a better step than what you've done in the past? And I think that the WWE not cutting to black, letting the moment play out, they did they did a close up on Big E and Kofi. They didn't pull away, and the WWE played gifts later on on Twitter. So they they said like we support Big E and Kofi. So I I'll say maybe not kudos because you're right. They have a big voice and they could be doing way more than what they did. But we've said it before, and I'll say it again. I love being a turtle. And they made a better step than they did the last time. They took a better, they took the better step than they did the last time. And you can't hate that. No, can't uh, I mean, that. it's definitely better than, you know, some of the things they've done in the past. It's just, even with those tweets you're referencing, they didn't really say why they were doing that. It was, they couldn't even put a lazy, like, Black Lives Matter hashtag at the bottom of it. They were just like, they're getting their entrance. It's just, hmm. and I mean, this is the first company to, you know, be champo patting themselves on the back for, you know, if it's breast cancer awareness or make a wish, yeah. uh, you know, something like that. So it's just, no, you're making you're right. right. It's, it's, it's better than things they've done <laughs> in the both. past, but <laughs> no, no, you're right. Mike, you're right. No, fuck you. You're right. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, I, I thought we could maybe get a little bit more, um, because so many of these corporate entities, it's like their responsibility to put out one post and then back off. Because they're like, well, we said what we wanted to say, you know, and see, we're with everybody else. We're we're totally supporting this moment. And then just kind of go off into the shadows. Yeah. But, you know, WWE had a chance to kind of kind of double down. Um, and instead well, they, you know, let their wrestlers do it. If you think about it, Mike, they were bored in the shadows. Um they sorry <laughs> this isn't a time for jokes uh <laughs> what are we gonna say man i can't well, wait to hear it i mean they're they're a company that as i watch uh now like ads pop up for the chris benoit uh dark side of wrestling and then there's always yeah. steroids there's always the idea that when wwe wwf started uh that they were fighting the is wrestling real uh story so it's always been like they they're always fighting something and they're always trying to keep something hush hush and quiet uh that was gonna be my joke for them being born in the shadows but uh there's no reason for it you know i um if you want to say something after and react of course please do but i'm 
I'm just going to say, you know, you mentioned, are they doing a little bit better in the past? And let's say hypothetically they um, did have Michael Cole and Corey say something. Maybe then it would have felt like a produced moment instead of something um, genuine from the New Day. You know, something that we've heard from them on their podcast. Um, I'm pointing at my camera, but I'm pointing at you, Mike. That additionally. Exactly. Kind of, I never got to that point. But that's kind of what I was thinking when I was saying it's more poetic. and. It's just, yeah, I, I, I hate talking out of both sides of my mouth, but it's just. Here we go. If you do that, I'm going to do it. Um, we have prominently seen the New Day, Apollo Crews, um, Bobby Lashley, the Street Profits, um, uh, Bianca Belair, uh, Sasha, you know, a lot of, a lot of our truth getting a match with, um, you know, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. I don't know how they're, they're definitely letting the black members of the roster kind of get their moment right now. So they've also done a pretty sneakily good job of not saying, Hey, we're putting all our black wrestlers on this week. It's just kind of felt natural. It's just kind of felt right. It's felt like a progression of things where it's kind of been like, yeah, why haven't these guys been getting an opportunity before? So at the very least, it's a little bit better than before. So just saying I'm not going to be satisfied, and I don't think you are either, which is fine. But We're fighting the good fight. The the fight doesn't stop from our perspective, uh, but it's good to see. Like, think about what the fight is supposed to do. Uh, like we have an end game, but things are supposed to get better, and that's that's always the word we use is better. We don't say perfect, uh, and I and I say we. I mean in regards to every fight that is fought, uh, it seems is for the younger generations against older generations. Um, there's um, oh, God damn it, I just had his name in my head, but it's the it gets better uh moniker for uh like the lgbtq community yeah it's always uh, dance the one dan savage did right it's not perfect yet but it gets better it's something what what are we we're two white guys talking about well (laughs) at least it's better for them no we don't we're we're on that side We're, we're fighting that fight we'll never understand we'll never truly understand why the fight needs to be fought but i i'm at least saying and and it's not perfect and we need to continue the fight and we could have just started this episode and said hey black lives matter one we're done no we're gonna keep bringing it up as we should same thing we did on our hockey podcast the absolute worst sport in regards to being inclusive and (laughs) like spreading its wings and letting others fly no it's the absolute worst sport and we we do a podcast for that sport, so we're never going to stop talking I keep, about uh, that. So <laughs> it's it's. Let me know when you're you're sorry. No, go, ahead. God, go for. It. I mean, the, the main point I'm making is um, we've you've got to win battles, and we've won a battle. Uh, but the war is it's never over. Like even when yeah. the the Black Lives Matter war is over, I brought up the LGBTQ community, like. I mean, there's actually sides that butt heads between uh, BLM and LGBTQ. So, 
it's something that even on both of those sides, uh, there's somebody I'm friends with on Facebook. I'm not going to name names, but uh, from LGBTQ that posted All Lives Matter. Uh, uh, and I saw it on Facebook and I, it's just like, what the f- Fuck, what are you doing, man? Yeah, you gotta, like, recontextualize. So, yeah. right, and I'm not trying to say this is, like, that's a broad stroke. I'm saying that there's still a fight to be fought from so many different angles. So even when one battle is won, there's still more to be fought. But um, that's that's my main point. Uh, so we won a battle. We're not going to celebrate. We're going to keep fighting. But, Mike, uh, for you to continue. It's always hard yeah, for okay. us to talk because... We're just two white guys, and we almost accidentally stole the Black Lives Matter logo. Um, I still get... Yeah, we didn't. The more and more I see it, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> but, um, well, I was going to say uh, kind of a silly point that uh, you talked about hockey and how inclusive it is or uh, exclusive it is. Yeah. Um, you have to not you know, only be white, you, you have to be my, super rich. <laughs> one of my favorite video games is uh, NBA 2K. And uh, my favorite mode is probably franchise mode, because every year you get to, like, you know, build your team, get free agents, and then you also get to do the draft. Now, my question for you, what is the racial diversity in the hockey game? Because I will say in the I- basketball game, mostly black rookies yeah for the hockey game is it mostly white rookies i you know what's funny is that should be something that's called out from ea sports like what do you what's the algorithm you're running right now to say like this is how many like this is where's the race algorithm yeah um no i mean i i don't think i've drafted a single guy that is of color like i i think everybody i've drafted and I, i'll say this I, i'm saying everybody i've drafted so i'm in like 2025 i think right now so we're playing nhl 2020 or i should say chill uh so we've gone through the 2020 draft 21 22 23 24 25 so we've got six drafts and the only uh person of color i have on my team is Giovanni Smith, who's already, already the on the team. So, <laughs> um, so over six years, I was able to randomly, like you can't pick, you just get, you know, a random name and some ratings and then you pick the guy and then there's a fake, you know, image. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's, that's the long and short of it. <sighs> well, uh, moving on, man. There's wrestling to talk about. Yeah, um, the good- on Sunday... On Sunday was the greatest wrestling match ever, but on Friday, Matt, was it maybe the goodest wrestling match ever? Because fighting for the Intercontinental Championship, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Uh, Best thing to come out of this? Promo from AJ Styles ragging on Daniel Bryan. That means the the feud will continue. Yeah, I'm game to see more of that. Mike, this is the thing. Um, I think we talk, we talk all the time and we're, we're going to be comparing NXT and AEW where I still say it's not really a fair comparison anymore. Um, but we're always looking for like the best wrestling on the planet and maybe like 80% of the time the WWE isn't really focused on giving you the best pro wrestling matches of all time. 
But if you're gonna find, if you're gonna find the greatest matches of all time, and you sleep between the hours of 3 a.m. and 7 a.m., which means you're missing New Japan, <laughs> then. <laughs> There's a big tournament going on right now. This is why I love wrestling, because New Japan is on. Yeah. I honestly, everybody, I mean, it is it's it's really good, but um I mean on a throwaway SmackDown, that Daniel Bryan I mean, if you are forcing yourself if you're forcing yourself to say that any of those matches on the New Japan bracket, which unfortunately Mike I went through, but I also fast-forwarded through and played at one and a half speed because I don't have the time to also watch New Japan. Uh, so you kind of you fast-forward through it, and you get to like the last five minutes, and then you're like, all right, I'll slow down and watch the whole thing. They're all great. I'm not kidding you. Like what what you get from New Japan is like eighty percent of it is fantastic, right? Uh, but that twenty percent, I, I want to come back to the WWE. The twenty percent that focuses on pro wrestling is fucking amazing it it really like you were watching the greatest wrestlers on, on the planet and it's daniel bryan and aj styles and even as they age they get even smarter and they're they're figuring out like what have i done for the last 10 years and i need to do something different mike that yeah. ending to that match like let's let's not forget that they didn't just go finisher 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 that's fine. Like, I, I get why that's cool, because we go back to, like, January, where I made the Dragon Ball Z argument. Yeah. That's <clears throat> that's why New Japan's so great, because it's it's Dragon Ball Z. It's, you get in Kame Kame Ya, but eventually, Goku needs, to, Goku needs to figure out a new move to defeat his enemy, and that's why it's so great. And I loved Dragon Ball Z when I was 10. But yeah. SmackDown... Delivered a match that did not focus on finishers, but instead focused on like submissions and uh, like and a submission that was purposeful, like trying to get at Daniel Bryan's legs or uh, AJ Styles and his arms uh, because he's you know we've got to get the Styles clash go going. Yeah. But then the two of the oh God, it was such an amazing ending to turn the running knee into a Styles clash. And think about like. Um, God, what was I just... Uh, I was watching a video on The Prestige. Remember that movie? And I love that movie. Yeah, it's it really is such a... Christopher Nolan, uh, you've got two magicians going back and forth. One of them spends their entire life living almost a pro wrestler's life. They'll live in kayfabe to make a magic trick work. And the other person spends their entire life trying to figure out how that magic trick works. Yeah. When... So the... the, our, the vlog is that, is that streaming right now by the way i don't know but i want to rewatch it but go ahead but the vlog i was watching said that the director christopher nolan is making the argument that even after you find out how everything's done in the prestige you appreciate the effort that went into it there's a lot of effort that goes into finisher after finisher after finisher but there's so much more effort that goes into we have an hour to fight and we're not going to do 50 finishers at the end of this. We're going to do new stuff throughout the entire match. And they did. And then they figured out... Daniel Bryan... Talk about effort. And I'm sorry I'm going on like a 10 minute rant here. Daniel Bryan jumped so fucking high. 
<laughs> that he can get over AJ Styles' shoulders, and AJ could grab him and turn it into a Styles cut. Like it's just, and they're not like yeah. huge brutes. This this was one of the best endings to a match. I mean, besides the greatest match of all time that we'll talk about in a second. Mike, I can't yeah. stop gushing about this match. There's been appointment TV, and it's something that kind of faded away once Netflix and Hulu kind of like took control of what good TV is at Amazon Prime. Yeah. This was the first time in a long while that I was like, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm not playing video games. I'm not watching anything else. I'm not going to have something on in the background. I just, I'm watching AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Guys, I'm telling you right now, if you're a New Japan fan, I totally get it. I do totally get it, and I loved what I saw. But I, I'm also telling you that in a throwaway show that had it wasn't like the uh, you know a main event on a pay per view, and obviously you know New Japan, same argument. That's just a tournament, so they're gonna go through yeah. there. Um, the uh, the New Japan Cup, they're just gonna go through each round, so um, there's gonna be amazing matches um, throughout, and it's not the main event of that tournament. But this was. <laughs> Man, this was a, this was a, a middle of June SmackDown, just mwah, beautiful. Yeah, you know, I I just you're you're not wrong on those points. Um, I just can't I can't attest to what happened in New Japan because uh, I haven't been watching it at one point five speed. Um, I'm also <laughs> not the overseer from the Matrix Reloaded, uh, where I have forty five TVs I can just look around at. <laughs> um, but I will say, uh, ergo, concordantly, vis a vis. Uh, that you have to look at the goodest wrestling match ever with the greatest wrestling match ever. And I, I think you kind of were when you were describing them. And I thought you were about to not, say, you have to watch the goodest wrestling match ever with the grainiest piece of salt. But uh, go ahead. I, I really no, thought uh, that's where you were going. No, no. I'm just going to say um, the greatest wrestling match ever would have been an accurate title if it was called the greatest wwe wrestling match ever <laughs> and friday was called the greatest bingo hall wrestling match ever because friday was all about submission holds and like this game of thrones level of like one upsmanship and cloak and dagger like psychological i'm saving this one bishop to you know, get you when your king's not paying attention. It's going to be checkmate. You're not even... I'm setting up five, six moves from now. You're not even ready for this. And then Sunday was just kind of a... You know, it was a, it was an adventures movie. Yeah. It was, you know, how many big-time laser, you know, Hulk punches can we get in? You know, rock bottoms and, you know, pedigrees and stuff like that. And it was given the, the right kind of... Um, um, because, you know, when they do those, when wrestlers get to do those kind of moves, it's always like a little nod or a tip of the cap to the person who actually does the finisher, you know, out of the rock or Triple H in this case. But, um, yeah, you want to talk about like the commentating ruining a moment? Yeah. Like, it's, oh, uh, the Triple H's biggest rival was the rock. That's probably why he's doing rock bottom. It's like, God damn it, let the moment happen. Ooh. And by the way, with that line, whoever thought Triple H or The Rock were the biggest rivalry? I thought it was always The Rock and Stone Cold. It, a like, thousand they had the, percent is. They had the three matches at WrestleMania. I, 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 I don't know. But um, I think both of them were supremely entertaining. 
Um, it's incredible. It's a real bummer that Edge is going to be out for a while with that um, triceps entry. But he'll probably be back just in time for a little Royal Rumble. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> he can actually come back and win. Uh, I really, man, I really hope. Like, there's, there's parts of me like we're seeing across the country. The states that reopened early are now seeing more COVID nineteen cases than they ever saw. Yeah. Oh, Florida. Yeah. Yeah, Florida, where um, they're shooting all the NXTs and yeah. SmackDowns and Raws. Yeah. Is that what uh, you're talking you about? mean among the other twenty states where we just had confirmed uh, wrestlers catch COVID and uh, but, we haven't changed any of the procedures at ringside yet. Right. Uh, how about we stop letting wrestlers uh, run through the crowd? Uh, can we can we talk about that real quick? I know it's not in our notes, but um, I don't know why they. It, it it's become national news that the WWE and NXT, the WWE, have a pro wrestler that tested positive for COVID nineteen. Yeah, and it's not just that they're shoulder to shoulder, which is something they did after they noticed AEW looking great. Like the sound was awesome because those guys actually know how to chant. Um, and I guess AEW is actually testing and WWE has not. They've just been asking people one to 10. How COVID do you feel? <laughs> All right, right this way. No mask, no gloves. Come on in. And lo and behold, somebody got sick. So, yeah, I. It's it's How a bummer. COVID-y. You you're not COVID, are you? All right, come on in, you <laughs> sick bastard. All right. Um, Goddamn! I had me two Coronas this morning. Ah, get the fuck oh, out of here! Oh, look at this guy drinking Coronas. <laughs> um, but um, and I do want to. I'm glad you brought that up just for one more little nugget. Didn't make it to the notes, but. I feel like when I watch AEW, I don't know where they're putting the microphones, but the crowd sounds amazing. It's the right level where I feel like I'm at a full bingo hall. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel overproduced. It doesn't feel overdone. It doesn't feel like anybody's stepping outside their bounds. It's the right kind of, like, applause and cheering for what I'm seeing. While WWE on Sunday was so desperate to have all their chants. They had the fake sound piped in for Edge and Orton. Um, you know but what? That, that I'm fine with. Yeah. But when they would have the crowd go, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, those guys sounded so exhausted. Like, holy shit. They even had a holy shit, but it was really mm, not, not good. Holy shit. <laughs> Fight forever. Which match did they forever. do that for? Um, I remember thinking this is appropriate. Because uh, I know they tried to do everything they could for the, the Edge and Orton match. And, like, I really liked the, uh, the old school referee get up with the little bow tie uh, for little Nate. Um, uh, what's his name? Charles Robinson. Um, I really thought that they were going to do it like Rocky style and totally like blackout like, the outside of the ring and just have these two guys go at it, you know? Um, well, I think they, they didn't do that. tried that with uh, Champa and Gargano, and that was a huge... <laughs> um, I will say, if they're going to do these matches going forward, pump yeah. in the crowd noise. I don't care. It sounded great. I thought that added a ton to the match. Look, look. We talk ad nauseum about like this being a television show 
Mike? Yeah. If Game of Thrones can have a room full of guys, like it can say in the script, room full of dudes, cheers. Go ahead. Like, there's dread. We don't know what a dragon sounds like, and they can do dragon roars. Throw in crowd noise. I'm totally cool with it. Make it sound like we have a packed WrestleMania arena. I can't stress enough that we're talking about um, a fucking TV show. Do whatever you can. Don't focus too much on the, this needs to to be based in reality. No. It's a TV show. It's pro wrestling. If Game of Thrones can make up dragon sounds... You can put crowd noise in the show. I'm totally cool it's, with it. They're so focused on, like, like AEW would just kind of pull the camera back, and you can see dudes, like, clapping and yipping it up. But WWE is so focused on, we got to get Casey Cudenzaro right right there. Let's see her going, oh. You know, I, I don't need to see. I love Casey. Um, I love that she's hanging out with her best friend, who was one time called Lacey, and now that's over because we have Lacey Evans. Uh, but I don't need to see those close-ups. Uh, I don't need to see her, ha- it's like, here, half-hearted, this is awesome. I don't know. I, I would have redone that. But, Matt, let's do a couple quick hits. We still got to get in the Wednesday Night I know. Wars. Fuck. Got uh, Viking Prophets. How you feel? Uh, we have a vaguely racist uh, Akira Tozawa suddenly manages a bunch of ninjas. Matt, your uh, thoughts? All right. This is so hard to talk about because I've... It's been like a meme goldmine. So I've been fully taking advantage of Akira Tozawa and his um, his faction. Yes, it's it's absolutely horrible that it's it's super racist. Uh, But Mike, I get Akira Tozawa on TV, and I think we all know that Akira Tozawa has been my favorite guy in the cruiserweight division. So if he's actually being thrust into the tag team conversation, which is a step below the main event. I'm on board, um, and I'm also excited to see what they do with their ninja giant. Um, so if we can just like go, okay, this is kind of racist. Uh, again, WWE has such a like. Could it could it have just been Akira Tozawa walking out with a guy in a suit that's seven foot three? Absolutely, that would be the better way to do it. Uh, we're in the world we're in now, so please, WWE, change it. No more ninjas going forward. But when it comes to the talent of Akira Tozawa, who I think is at the tops of this of this company in regards to talent and in, in, in the wrestling ring, him being on my TV is all I care about. So that decision, A+. Plus, character decision, E-. Minus. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah. that that any the way they're yeah, doing that any right opportunity now too, to give the uh, Viking profits uh, good on that too. Yeah, well, any opportunity to get Tazawa on TV, I miss when he used to do the ah, ah, ah. I used to do it like when I was watching at home. I thought it was a cool he used little to sign uh, off with me video. doing it. Yeah, ah. uh, uh, this big dude. His name's Jordan Amugbahan, and he stands seven foot three. Man, he's actually taller than the Great Kali. Uh, he's a big ass motherfucker. Uh, and, uh, Bamf. you know, I guess he, uh, looms over people who've been training him. Uh, and he's been hanging out with, uh, you know, the old, uh, outsiders, you know, Nash and Hall. Uh, yeah, he used to play basketball and now he's going to be the biggest guy in WWE. So, 
I don't know. Uh, it's not so bad for him. It kind of gave me an Enter the Dragon feel, uh, you know, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Tazawa. I don't know if that's what they were going for. Uh, See, with... now that was racist. It's not. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but, you know, it's uh, they just had kind of a uh, another Bruce Lee documentary just recently came out. So I don't, I don't know if, like, Pritchard was, you know, in the back going, man, this documentary's great. Give me that tall guy from NXT. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I maybe the less of this, the better, or find some way to not have Tazawa have to manage ninjas. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, Matt, moving on to our quick hits here. Um, Bobby Lashley. I just want to touch on it for a minute because we give him a lot of grief. Matt, did he have maybe his best match since he's been back this past Sunday? All right, against the champ. You know how I feel about this. So he almost killed Drew McIntyre. So let's not forget that. So, oh, it was a move. It was a move. It was a botch that almost killed the WWE champion. Well, so, these guys are so oiled up. I I got some shit on Twitter because I said, classic Bobby Lashley. He hasn't done this in a while. You know yeah, what, folks? Drew, Drew's like 260 pounds of oily watermelons. How are you supposed to carry that around? <laughs> then don't do it. That's what we used 260 pounds of oiled up watermelon. Well, that's what we said that? last year at Backlash when we said, no, we called it Backlashly. Um, and he was fighting Sami Zayn, I think. If that was, maybe that was two years ago. Jesus. I don't, God damn. I'm totally. I'm just flags. Yeah. That does. Pro wrestling time is so different from like reality. I like. The 1990s feels like the 1960s, probably based on the characters that existed, but... Woo! <laughs> Matt throwing shade! Get Look, him, Matt! Go get him! Here's here's what I was going to say. Bobby Lashley <laughs> had the best match he's had because he fought with Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley's great, but he's not, like, amazing like Drew McIntyre yeah. has been absolutely amazing since being thrust into the main event scene um i love i love the idea of mixing mvp and bobby lashley i don't know what mvp means uh to uh to the wwe right now if he's strictly a manager if he wants to even wrestle um i saw some conversations online about exploring another tag team i'm cool with that but you're gonna say yes but is there any doubt that mvp right now is top 10 in wwe on the microphone is there any doubt no. Correct. You said I he was going to say yes. He is outstanding. Oh. Well, you never know. with Matt. I don't know. Matt, continue. Yes, there's doubt. Let me give you a top ten. Sami Zayn. Right. Bobby Lashley. No. <laughs> oh, you're out at two, Matt. You're out at two. All right. Um, do I have to do that? All right. Um, Drew Mac does... Becky Lynch doesn't count, right? Because she's out. Right. Okay. okay. Sammy. Well, Sammy. Sammy's out, too. All right. So you got Drew. All right. Kevin Owens. Drew McIntyre. Uh, does NXT count? Nope. All right. Uh, MVP's number three right now. New Day. So that's five. Um, you can't do all of them. There's only two of them wrestling. <laughs> all right. Uh, Biggie, Kofi. Uh, so I got to come up with. You'll be. Uh, Ran- Ran- Randy Orton, Edge. Uh, Edge, he's not. He's his tricep. He's out. 
Yeah, yeah MVP's always... in the top ten. I, I'm not saying he's not. I was just, <laughs> I was just trying to yeah. figure it out. All right, you've got uh, Asuka, Sasha. Uh, Sasha? Come on, man. I'm not putting Bailey in there. Sasha can fit in there. I'm not putting either of them up there. Sasha's stuck because of the story she's stuck in. Sasha can, she can spit. Come on. Uh, I'm the boss. She's stuck in that. We know she can spit. Come on. All right, I'll let you have one of them. You don't get both. All right, moving on. Um, what about Finn Balor? What about Finn? You said no NXT. Oh yeah. Plus, right. she's terrible. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, Mike, you created a new segment. You didn't called... say Bray Wyatt, by the way, but go ahead. Ah, damn it. Well, he's not. He's not on my TV the last two weeks. No. He's not on my TV. Um, on my TV. So you created a new segment a few weeks back. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a recurring segment because we can't just force these because then it's going to mean nothing. It's All called right. Tail Tucker. Mike, no, not Tucky from Heavy Machinery. It's a Scotty. Were you backtrack your anger at a kind of recent booking decision that seems to be working out? No, <laughs> kind of recent <laughs> booking is where I'm really going to take some privilege here. <laughs> We've been super harsh on Randy Orton for like the last... I don't know, existence of the Brothers of Discussion. And yeah, I, at this point, I think we're finally seeing that Randy Orton was just held to the side while the rest of the main roster got built up. Because the second Randy got an opportunity to be you know, thrown back into something that actually mattered, and I'm including that WWE Championship match with Bray Wyatt where they had like earthworms in the ground. That was lame. That was dumb. I'm not signing up for that. But here I am throwing my promo out for Randy Orton. And does he need to hear it? No, because he's making millions of dollars. That pool that he takes Instagrams in front of all the time, that thing's fucking amazing. So he doesn't need to hear this from me. I need to say it for myself. Randy Orton's delivering some of the best work in the last decade of his career. And I am all about it. Obviously, he's fighting with Edge. And now he's fighting with Christian. Uh, Christian's dead now. It sucks for Christian. Yeah, he's totally dead. Rest in peace. Uh, but Randy pulling out the boot, the punt, whatever you want to call it, the punt is back. That is where Randy is at, like, the, 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 the prime, prime Randy Orton. If you want a prime cut of Randy Orton, you gotta, you gotta have him kick somebody in the head. And this is, this is where it's at. And he's taking it to another level by doing it repeatedly and then remorsefully like i'm i didn't mean i didn't want to do it but you made me do it and th this is just i'm gonna you're gonna interrupt my my promo go ahead yeah i'm gonna make you do something a little a little more difficult and i think it's only gonna make your point even more can you name two feuds that you've liked more than randy's current one with edge for randy so, you mean? Because um, I could, you could make the case this is the best work he's done. So I just got to hear two two Randy Orton feuds. Yeah. Um. I mean, I could say his stuff with with John Cena and like like looking back is actually 
pretty good. I I don't know if this works because I, I like his work with Shawn Michaels. I liked his work with Ric Flair. I liked his stuff with with Triple H and and uh, Batista. Yeah, Mick Foley too. Yeah, like I I can you can rattle stuff off, but I, I think the like the better way for me to turn this around is just to go. Like, and I absolutely, you know, I did. I did. I hated, I absolutely despised the the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton thing. I really felt like he was mailing it in and that Bray was giving his all and he was trying to be all sci-fi-y and and Randy was just killing it. And I don't mean, that's the the worst He was killing it, dog. Woo! Yeah, Randy, Randy's fucking killing it on Bray Wyatt. No, um, he, he, he was like killing the gimmick uh of bray wyatt and i think that's part of the reason why bray wyatt had to turn into the fiend was because of that feud with randy orton and it made me angry at randy like it it made me hate randy orton and that's how yeah, much i felt I like he was that. tanking it for sure yeah um but yeah i i think right now to to probably the better way to to pivot this is to just say absolutely like this uh this feud with edge is 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 probably his best. like i said i said it's his best in a decade um it, it's off the top of my head i can't even remember when the the mick foley randy orton stuff was but i i i'm a huge fan of mick foley and i read his books and mick was not a huge fan of those feuds he just knew the matches paid off but he felt he was mailing it in so i that actually hurt my feelings towards randy orton and mick foley uh but no i i absolutely love what he's doing with edge i love that he murdered christian and i want to see who he's gonna murder next and unfortunately, it might be Drew McIntyre. Especially what, with uh, uh, we had our planned SummerSlam, and um, I wanted the Maharaja, yes, and he's just uh, yeah, he got he's hurt. Been, he's been suddenly off. To, oh, he got hurt. Yeah, oh, I didn't see that. Major injury, surgery, done. Damn it! Damn it! It's okay. That's more of a late fall type thing, anyway. But Randy and Drew McIntyre had whatever uh, SummerSlam ends up being i think that's a better idea you know this might be a little esoteric but the one thing i think that's really set randy apart from like some of his more some of it like it's his recent feuds, asshole tearing but go ahead oh my god um so esoteric. This, this is more asshole tearing um go ahead mike like you know how um there's all there are there's all different kinds of folks uh, and like in a stand-up arena show. in a stand-up arena there's like kevin hart Right, he's loud. Lots of people like him, and he's perfect for like an arena. Then there's somebody like, I don't know. Give me like like Tig Notaro. So that's the esoteric part. She's kind of a low, more low key comedian. She likes telling these long stories, but there'll be a big punch at the end. And I feel like Randy Orton, since he's left that arena setting where he's got to like pause in between people booing him and his. His promos are kind of cookie cutter to make sure he gets that boo, but still has time to get his point across. I feel like he's been doing really, really well, like in a in a quieter setting. So he kind of he doesn't feel forced to like you know spew out the 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 you know the the passage that he's supposed to get through that week. I feel like he's he's been able to kind of like milk moments. He's been able to kind of set his own pace verbally. I feel like it's really been a, a huge benefit to him. This kind of um, environment. I, I I totally agree with that. I, I, I kind of go back to like when we were talking about AEW and how I felt about Chris Jericho. Um, I know you loved Chris's work without a crowd, but I, I really think he does like 
like to have a crowd it, it means so much to him because you, he could say anything and he's going to get laughs at this point with AEW crowd I I think with Randy and and with Edge who's who's I mean we watch we all watched the documentary he's he's taken acting classes I think what we just got was two guys that are perfect to have no audience and to sell a feud and to sell a match and um I think this will be the real test for Randy. Does he still care? Because we talked about Bray Wyatt. What's our opinion on that? He didn't care enough. He didn't care enough to sell Bray Wyatt's gimmick. And maybe Randy, if he was here right now, he would argue that. I would say just from my perspective and watching that feud, he didn't care enough. Is he going to care enough? And, you know, if he's outside of the main event picture, is that the only option for him right now? Maybe. Keep him off yeah. TV till uh, he can announce or win win a match to become the number one contender. Um, oh, Mike, hot tag. Would you rather see Randy Orton go up against? What? Okay, this is pretty wild. Let's let's put three guys in the ring here. <clears throat> McIntyre's not right, losing. We got... McIntyre's not yeah. losing that belt. Would you rather see Randy go up against Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman? For the fiend. Real quick, I I got my I answer. don't. I guess the fiend. I uh, I'll try and defend that one too. I just I think it's. I don't think Randy's the right dance partner for Drew. I think Drew he's just he's just he's just on all cylinders right now. And I don't think that Randy Orton pace is conducive to benefit Drew McIntyre. Oh. And because Randy's going to have to lose that feud, I don't think that it's a good idea for him. I think if he was against uh, Braun right now, um, I think people are already kind of souring on Braun, but it's just kind of like, eh, I mean, it's nice you had your turn with the title, but I mean, we're kind of limited because you're, Get these hands, and you're a big choo-choo man. He had to fight in a fucking handicap match to find something that made sense. No, I, Mike, you. I you think it's picked, the fiend. You picked the best one, because yeah. we're gonna come back to my argument from this past fall that the fiend needs the the Bray Wyatt revenge tour. Yes, that's what this should always have been about, and he got his revenge. The best revenge he could have gotten on John Cena. Absolute best way to tell that story. Uh, yeah. Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and now, now you know, he can't fight Dean Ambrose, but uh, we can go back to that WrestleMania match and have Randy Orton, The Fiend, retell that story. And I, I say this, let's not, let's not do another greatest match ever. Let's do another John Cena type thing. Let's have... Yeah. Yeah, let's have The Fiend, like, completely tear Randy Orton apart because... I worry about how high Randy is right now and where he can go from here. Because I don't know if it's right to to give him the title and have The Fiend lose to Randy Orton. I think... I think, uh, I think Randy's got to lose, and I think he's got to stay out of the picture, maybe till Edge comes back. Alright, Mike, we got the Wednesday Night Wars. Let's do it. Woo! Alright. Hey. Once again, I got AEW. I think I think I won this week. You absolutely we did. I, this is an uh, this is a chore of all chores, 
And I had two... I liked NXT. I had but... two tag team championship matches, and I could not have been more bored with the middle of this show that I give it a D based on everything that happened between the two tag championship matches. So here's how uh, we've been doing this, folks. Uh, we give our top three moments from each show, and then right before we do our number one, there's always an honorable mention. But Matt, NXT, Blast, and Matt's eyes. Uh, Matt, moment number three from the world of next extra time wrestling. I don't know what NXT stands for. <laughs> All right. So... Uh... I know what happened in next next extra time. I know two items that need to fit into my top three. So here's the thing, everybody. The only good thing about the winner take all being booked was William Regal, and I tweeted out at that moment that 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 was William Regal schooling those four guys on like 15 seconds on how to show enthusiasm and passion, and none of those four. Showed any enthusiasm or passion. Adam Cole, now it's been edited out on Hulu, couldn't even get Karrion Cross's name right. I love Adam Cole. I absolutely love Undisputed Era. I have all of their t-shirts. You know who else does is Billy Gunn. <laughs> I don't know if you saw his logo on AEW, but that's the fucking Undisputed Era logo, yeah, you son I of a bitch. I love that you pointed that out. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I think what we're seeing, too... Uh, Keith Lee can't cut a 30-second, like, I'm here to beat you, I'm tougher than you. He's too giggly. Like, he's he's too soft-spoken. He's He's got to get tougher. Uh, Gargano comes out next, and he's cracking jokes that are just absolutely horrible. They're not landing at all. Um, and even at one point, cracked a joke on either Finn Balor or Adam Cole, and... They didn't even, like, they just kind of went, like, okay, and then continued their promo, because it was like, dude, that was fucking horrible. Shut the fuck up. So, Gargano is not nailing the heel Gargano. Um, and I've been talking about this for weeks, that I think it's a terrible... Wow, move. this was moment number three. Oof. <laughs> this is... Uh, what are the moments mentioned. that didn't make it? This is what, oh. this is what didn't make it. Um, and then uh, Finn Balor comes out, and Finn Balor's been Finn Balor. Like, it's just kind of blah he comes out and says uh keith lee i don't know if you remember i i challenged you last week but after i beat you then i'm gonna come after the nxt championship and it's just kind of like really like you're gonna spell it out like a, a dc comics villain like okay we get it all right cool so all that mess happens and it's fine and i can't wait for those matches but that segment that fucking blew. And that was like the middle of the show. That was the tune in for this. Here's your four top main event superstars on NXT. And it sucked. Um, all right. So, Mike, the other, another thing that sucked too. Alia has no business beating Xia Lee. And oh, that should have oh, never that, happened. Oh, I have such a crush on Xia Lee. It. It kills me every time she loses because I love her offense. It's insane. I love her look. I love her offense. I don't know what more they want. It seems like she can sell. Um, I don't know. All right. So to wrap it all up, number three. And Mike, Oof. you know the real story of me watching this. But I've got to pick Imperium defeating Brizango. Um <laughs> Mike, I absolutely love the storytelling in this match. 
Um... I just, I love Imperium. I, I love Marcel. I love Fabian. I love saying their names. Um, and I love that their matches. It's just such a violent sprint. It's like a sprint for 20 minutes where they take turns sprinting and doing this British strong style wrestling. It's, it's, it's outstanding. And Fabian, he's that little, little, little man. He's just a little angry cannonball and he goes flying over the top rope and, um, I just I can't get enough. I I'm surprised. It's the it's probably my next shirt. But first I got to get some AEW swag. But yeah, Mike, you're number three. I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. I'm just so excited about Imperium. I love seeing them. Um, my moment number three, and there was a lot of freaking tag team matches on AEW. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, probably the Young Bucks uh, going up against Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. Um. Not only because they tried to incorporate, uh, like Butcher and Blade and FTR came out, um, and everybody was kind of it was it wasn't a lumberjack match, but everybody was kind of sitting to see uh, how this would turn out, you know, because AEW so strongly wants to push, you know, the wins and losses matter. Um, Excalibur was saying, you know, the Young Bucks, you know, you know who the Young Bucks are, and uh, the rankings they're only like five, and that's crazy because you know who the Young Bucks are. They're the Young Bucks. So it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. And uh, it was just, I think some people kind of have an idea of what a Young Bucks match is, or it kind of feels like the rules get tossed out the window um, so that we can have, you know, more tag team spots. Um, but this one kind of had a, a more uh, traditional feel to it, uh, where they, they did somewhat obey the rules. Um, the match swung on uh, Matt Jackson's uh, like back and rib injury. So it was kind of a back and forth, like whether or not Nick could protect him or not. Uh, so it was just kind of nice to see the Bucks. It's like a, it was a little reminder that they choose to wrestle, you know, like Taco Bell, think outside the box. Um, and it's not that they can't wrestle within the rules. They just, they choose not to because stylistically they prefer the other way. Uh, but to see them kind of, you know, hone it down, um, you know, use those traditional, um, uh, uh, like, you know, tag team wrestling expectations in a match to see them use that. It was, it was, it was fun to see. And then it turned into a schmazz. So, you know, that's why it's only moment number three. But <laughs> that, moment number two from next extra time wrestling on USA. Mike, I couldn't be more excited that we actually get to care about the Cruiserweight Championship. And I yes. talked last week about Santos Escobar, who used to be El Hijo de Fantasma. Pulling the mask off. Um, you know what? The story got a little buddied. And I think I'd make this number one if they didn't fuck up telling the story. Um, but El Hio was talking about being Diffantasma for the last 20 years. And then he started talking about, like, the mask being worn by someone else for the last 20 years. And at that point, I was just like, okay, that's what I thought you meant. So let's just forgive the last couple of minutes. Um... <laughs> Because he's young. He's, he's super young. So I, yeah. it just didn't make sense. Uh, but then when he finally came around and had it all make sense, then I was like, yeah, fuck Fantasma. Be Santos Escobar. Um, but, Mike, we're getting a faction and a story built through the Cruiserweight Championship that I actually care about. And they're giving they're giving it not just like, you know, like that pre-match like 30 seconds, you're going to talk to someone behind the curtain and then you're going to go out and fight. No, this was, yeah. this was an entire segment built around a promo. 
and uh, Drake Maverick came out to take out, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, I didn't write down my version of the Dark Order in Spanish, but um, Drake Maverick actually did a pretty good job of taking out the entire team. Uh, but obviously the, you know, it's, it's their favorite thing to say. The numbers game, uh, overwhelms on Drake Maverick. Orden Oscuro. I, I, I think Escobar needs to walk away with the title, but this is a great way to keep Drake Maverick interesting. And this is a great way to start, like kick off the Cruiserweight Championship because you've still got, uh, you've got your former title holder that's waiting in the wings. I mean, you've got other tournaments that you could throw together. Uh, I hope at this point that the writers are putting together the next storyline or maybe even another faction, God forbid. But to me, it means so much, and it has to be recognized that the Cruiserweight Championship is getting this sort of attention. So kudos WWE, kudos NXT, and you are the number two. Again, you, sh- you shore up, Santos, you shore up that promo. You're number one. But because you confused it so much and fucked it up, number two. Mike, you're number two. Uh, number two, uh, AEW went to uh, the lengths to make sure that we had a full-fledged uh, background on Anna Jay, who came out in a bit of a putting on the Ritz vibe. She had a little hat. She had a little cane. She was you know, almost like a silver, like if Mr. Peanut was like hot, you know, yeah. like a sexy Mr. Peanut. Uh, she came out there, Mr. Peanutted. <laughs> And he saw this. Oh, there we go. <laughs> she came out, peanutted, and then, um, you know, they had this nice intro video for her, like, you know, I've lost, and now I'm going to win. <laughs> and uh, all of that came to a screeching halt when the horrific Epidon came out, uh, looking like a zombie from 28 Days Later. Uh, mismatched contact lenses on. She's got, you know, gore all over her face. Uh, she came out and just annihilated Anna Jay. So it was definitely a bit of a swerve by the AEW bookers who bothered to give us a five-minute intro on Anna Jay only to see her get crushed by this uh, demonic zombie creature uh, <laughs> who was a, a blend a bit, if you missed it, a bit, if you're more of a WWE fan, it kind of looked like <sighs> Nikki Cross and The Fiend and like a bucket of blood just kind of all stirred together and, you know, molded into this this awful golem that came out of the earth. Um, I'm excited to see her. I've read that she's not officially signed to AEW. She, if they don't sign her, that is a mistake. She is all elite according to Twitter. So whatever you want that to mean. Well, to I, I would definitely pay to see her. I would definitely pay for that shirt. Um, I was terrified. Matt? That brings us to next extra time wrestling's number one moment. What do you got? I mean, this is easy peasy. Um, I, I kind of, I gave, I gave kind of a critical analysis of this match uh, before you and I started recording. But it, I mean, I mean, it's 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 Banks Bailey, Blackheart, and Tegan Knox. Um, it was fun to watch. But the thing that hurt was that you knew without a shadow of a doubt. Love saying that. Old, old school wrestling. Um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Bailey and uh, Sasha were walking away with this win. Um, it definitely yeah. killed the match. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, this is the absolute best thing that happened on NXT. But we knew the ending. 
Um, so it, it is, it, it, that's, that's why to me, this show fell so far below what AEW was able to produce because even their best match was super predictable. And the only thing is that you get, you get this, you put Shotzi Blackheart on, uh, on the main event and this girl comes out rolling out in a tank and she really is defining herself as like a main <laughs> event talent. And this is someone that you want to tune in for. Even when she's yeah. not wrestling, Mike, she's on SmackDown and Raw. She's cheering her. I she's cheering her nuts off. Fuck it, I'm gonna say it. She's cheering her nuts off. She's doing squats. She's taking advantage of like being out there and and you know having to watch these yeah. other matches, the main event matches. I Shotzi to me is like the girl that is. Uh, she or she's the superstar. She's the pro wrestler that is doing everything she needs to do according to what the company says you need to do she's given 110 percent that way and then she's also super entertaining and uh she's got what it takes to be you know to, to put together an interesting match so i i just you can't you can't fault this match but you you can from a booking perspective that the, there is no way after having all the opportunity in the world to give the belts to somebody else on the main event roster to book this three nights later and have us think for a second that Bailey and Sasha were going to lose these belts. I, I again say that Sasha will turn on Bailey. They're just waiting. We all know that. But what I'm saying is they're waiting until there's a crowd back in play because they want to hear that crowd reaction. They know that they're going to get a major pop because everybody's just chomping at the bit for this. So Mike, with that, it was a great match. Um, not the greatest of all time. Definitely not the goodest of all time. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it was, uh, you know what? It was the main event on NXT on Wednesday. It deserved to be the main event. Not a great show, yeah. though, uh, beneath that. Mike, you're number one. Yeah, uh, I forgot to include it earlier, uh, but my little um, uh, honorable mention was was probably the Omega and Paige versus uh, Dustin and QT Marshall. Uh, if only because Dustin... Uh, in his ripe old age, as he's you know hitting that fifty plateau, yeah, it's it's still it's such a he just knows his body so well. Uh, whether he's doing a whisper of the wind off the top turnbuckle, um, he's still making puts some stank on his power slam. Um, it's you know I, I it, he's a guy I I have not noticed him age at all. So just bravo to how he takes care of himself. Takes care of his opponents. Great stuff. Uh, but number one match was the Sex Gods uh, and the Best Friends. Uh, it was a tag team uh, title number one contendership match. Uh, so I thought that Sammy Guevara and Jericho had it, you know, in the bag. Uh, you know, Sammy being, you know, one of the one of the uh, uh, you know futures of that company. Jericho being the president of that company. Um, and it's you know a match that's going to be a fighter fest. Uh, so it's not like a small potato. It's you know supposed to have a lot of eyeballs on it. Um, but Chuck and Trent, I think they did a really good job of um, selling the stakes of the um, looking a lot more violent than usual, uh, not focusing so much on the hugs. Um, it looked like they actually cared about getting a, a chance at a championship. Um, but obviously the, the biggest part of this story was that, you know, uh, for the finish, the uh, sex gods, tripped over this cameraman, you know, who it was almost like he was planted there on purpose, leading to Chuck and Trent winning. And, of course, the cameraman was Orange Cassidy in disguise. Uh, 
Um, so the big story here is that Orange is going to get a one-on-one match versus Jericho at Fighter Fest. Um, <laughs> lest we forget, Matt, that Jericho laid down for Fandango. So we know there's nobody he won't lay down for. Um, it was just, it was, it's not just that Cassidy's getting um, a little bit more of a serious push, um, you know, in terms of him getting to fight Jericho. He actually got to be a little violent. Uh, when he entered the ring, he actually, you know, did a dive and a little bit of a Thez press, you know, ground and pound on Jericho. So uh, I don't know if he's actually going to change the gimmick up because it's, you know, such good money for him. Um, but it was nice to, again, see all the best friends kind of give a hoot about these AEW wins and losses. So I'm inspired to watch that match. I'm inspired to watch Firefest. I'm inspired to watch even more AEW. So ultimately, this episode was a rousing success. Yeah, I, I just can't help but, like, like I feel like I automatically on Wednesdays, I turn on NXT. It's probably because my Comcast application on my phone knows that that's what I turn on. So that's the first button I see. But I can't help but think that I want to stop watching NXT. I mean, it, here's let's break the fourth wall. I post NXT post. Nobody gives a fuck except for Amy. Amy, got you, got you, girl. We you gotta get you on the show. Angel. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Amy. You, you, you are God. Every fart so the wind tweet. Us. You find a way to be like, well, I'm not going to retweet it, but maybe I'll favorite it, and then they won't hang themselves. So <laughs> I really appreciate the bad tweets yeah. that she, you know, one of show, one of these days, just Amy's face is going to be back here. But um, I mean, besides Amy, nobody gives a fuck about the NXT tweets because nobody's actually watching it. I don't know how the numbers get so close every week, but when you look at the amount of people on Twitter that are liking AEW tweets versus the amount of people liking NXT tweets. Um, you definitely get a good sense of the crowd that's actually watching NXT. Maybe just the crowd that really enjoys CSI and they don't have the uh, wherewithal to change the channel once NXT gets going. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's, let's wrap this show up. Mike, um, AEW gets the victory. I Hats, hats off. Uh, a turd sandwich of a show for NXT, but two weeks in a row. I don't know how AEW is going to be able to compete. Triple threat for the North American title. Then you've got the, uh, or I guess this might be three, two weeks out of three. Anyway, then the uh, NXT Championship match uh, on on July eighth. I I couldn't I couldn't be more excited. I hate when people get that phrase wrong. I couldn't be more excited for that. I think that is great. I think they just missed the mark on the promo. Um, that should have been something that. You know what? God damn it, you guys. I couldn't be less could, excited right you now. You could say cut. There's nobody and there. And we got it. Just say, cut. We got it. Redo cut. the promo. I'm going to say it right now. I don't give a fuck. I don't need it to look live. Say, cut. Redo the whole thing. Tell them, like, go in the back, Triple H, grab Gargano and say, shut the fuck up. You're not funny. Finn, start acting like you give a fuck about this company. Cole, get everybody's goddamn name right. God damn it. And Keith Lee... We let you almost beat Roman Reigns. So how about you go out there and act like you give a fuck? All right. Keith Lee, you're a big bear. From, right? From the Brothers of Discussion, that's my... We need you that's my, to stop acting 
like a panda and be more of a grizzly. Exactly. Get out there and you'll maul somebody. Jesus. Stop being so giggly. Dude, you're fucking massive. You could literally. What are you kill laughing at? We put you out there with Gargano on purpose to stop you from laughing. Yeah. Jesus. It doesn't get less funnier than him. All right. So if you want to keep your laughs going, head on over to bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. You can find us on Instagram as brothers underscore of underscore discussion. You'll have all the uh, episodes on IGTV. Also, our YouTube channel, we would greatly appreciate a subscribe. That's just the Brothers of Discussion. And the best thing you can do for us is head on over to Apple Podcasts and go to the Brothers of Discussion. Subscribe, rate, and review for us. We greatly appreciate anybody that's thrown in a review recently. And yeah. uh, we've got two different things to help you out. Is if you go to bodpodcast.com and you are in need of some CBD products, we have a bar right at the top of the website that you can click. You can not only get buy two items, get one free, but you're also going to be helping out the brothers to discussion. So when you make that purchase, we actually we get, get the commission for the sale. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we get that free item. No, you get the free item. <laughs> we get commission for the sale. Number two. This again, number two on the priority list. Uh, and right now, Amy, you are our number one subscriber. We love you to death. But if you go to anchor.fm right now, we are accepting donations for the show to continue to expand. I know it wasn't, it's not taking up a huge percentage, but I just want to let everybody know, I, I did just purchase some new items that are going to help the show starting in July. So that is the type of things we're looking to buy so that we can start to go live so that when we connect to the internet, these things actually work. We've had some trouble in the past. We want to do live episodes for you guys. Uh, we want to have uh, interaction live. We want to do Q&A. And for that, we need better internet connection. I need a better laptop. We need a better setup here in my basement. Uh, so that's where we're asking at anchor.fm slash brothers of discussion. You can make a donation to the show if you've been enjoying the show for this long. Um, we, we would or appreciate if anything. It. If, if you, you give us some money, if you give us enough money, you know, yeah. maybe we'll stop. Yeah, you got it. So uh, here's the thing. You're going to become a superstar on the show. We're going to start giving you uh, some some content just for yourself. I mean, including right now, like, I, I'm going to say this. Mike, we said it last week. It's not just content. I mean, I, a very good friend of mine right now is is Amy who we've mentioned a couple times on the show. We chat throughout the week. I mean, I, I'm not saying you're paying for our friendship, but I, I can't stop giving to Amy. So I, I just, it's one of those things where, um, you know, give a little, give a lot, but we're, we're trying to expand the show. And if, if you give now, we are doing so much to expand it that once we are at that point where we're ready to just go like boom and blow up, you are yeah. going to be a major part of that. And we will never stop shouting out your name. But uh, all of that put together, we greatly appreciate anybody that's just listening to the show. Um, if you if you can do, um, the, the most important thing, again, is that Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. That's what means uh, the most to the show, expanding to a grander audience. And we can start to, to say, you know what? We've got another buddy. Subscribe, rate, and review. And we'd love to have another one of you that are listening right now to uh, to do us that favor. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, now, for the Brothers of Discussion, we hope you enjoyed another episode. Mike, we actually don't have a pay-per-view. I think we need to get ready for it next week so we can do oh, yeah. regular shows. We're taking a break. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. we If we could find a time, 
where there wasn't wrestling. Like, if we were just a New Japan show, could you imagine? Like, what a great break we just had. I'm gonna actually, maybe I'll watch some uh, Kota Ibushi, unless he lost in the first round. I think we should watch, I think we should watch New Japan. I think we have some listeners out there that want to hear our take. Alright, let's get on it, mate. Let's do it. Brothers for discussion, So right everybody. now. Thank you for yeah. listening.